Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Unveiling Grace podcast. So glad you're with us again. I'm Joel Grote. And I'm Lynn Wilder. And we have a couple with us today. Both of them have told their stories in recent past podcasts. And now we have them together to talk about their relationship in transition from Mormonism to faith in the biblical Jesus. This is Charles and Morel Kester. Um, he is a chiropractor and they currently live in Tennessee. Both were raised LDS, met at BYU, married in the temple, five kids. Returned to missionaries, and, both of them. Yes, and at some point, um, Charles began questioning his faith uh Murray didn't want to hear it at first and then God actually spoke to her heart one day and then then it began <laughs> so welcome back thank you, thank you. pick up Morel kind of where you were Murray. before Murray yes sorry that's okay where, where you were right um so uh, Essentially, in, in the story, Charles was the one who who could see the problems, started investigating, and the the more he dug into things, the more problem problems he uncovered, not solutions. And I was very much the one that just kept digging in deeper um, until it, it it got to the point where I had a rather uh, difficult experience where I. I came to realize that I was, I was the one that was the problem, not him with, with all the conflict in our relationship. So one more time, please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you said that that was a very much a God moment where you actually went off to pray to say, God, you got to help me here. My husband is so far gone. You, you've really got to show him the truth. And God says, well, actually it's you. You're the problem. Yeah, I, but but I, I'm pretty sure that that wasn't just my brain making stuff up because when I make stuff up, I I make myself the good guy, not, not the bad <laughs> guy. Um, but so for him, it was a very, very gradual process. Like kind of like, is. like, yeah, but like, mm-hmm. like a sunrise, you know, what, when, when can you say, well, a second ago it was dark and now it's light. It, right. his, his journey was very gradual. Mine was more like I'm, I'm dead asleep and someone just flipped on the lights and now what the heck am I going to do? <laughs> but in some ways in that moment when I realized um, that the LDS church wasn't what I had been believing, in, in some ways there, there was some, that was a relief because I remember when I went to pray, 
after Charles had told me I, I can't do this anymore, um, really searching my heart and, and discovering that even with the difficulties in our personalities and all the conflicts that we'd had and, and some of the, the failed hopes and plans up to that point um, in our marriage, I wanted to be married to him. I didn't want yeah. to divorce him. I wanted him. And I cool. just thought, uh, is God going to tell me, no, that you prioritize the church? Because I'd, I'd had my best friend. I'd, I'd shared with her some of the struggles of, of, in real time as we were going through it. And I just remember vividly her telling, and we were mission companions together. That's how I met her. And her telling me, Marae, you cannot follow Charles where he is going. You cannot. Your posterity and generations depend on you staying true. Um, and so for me, that in that moment, it was just, I, wow. I, my heart wanted to stay with Charles. I didn't, I, but I didn't want to be the poor LDS right. woman with the inactive husband or the apostate husband either. So, yeah. So well, here's Charles what I was, to, here's go ahead. What I to ask Charles. But he wasn't around to ask when you were sharing your story about coming back from taking your walk when God said, this is, you know, and you coming back and telling him, okay, I'm ready. Go ahead. Tell me whatever you need to tell me. And you said, he said, I'm not going there. He wouldn't talk to you, but he would give you stuff to read. So Charles, I want to know what's going through your head when your wife leaves, you've had a significant bit of conflict and tension now she comes back and she says okay tell me what are you thinking i mean is there is there any hope are you skeptical because that was when she said that i thought oh my gosh this is too fast of a turnaround um so what was going through your head when she came back that day i didn't know if we were going to be married or not afterwards i didn't know what was going to happen and family is probably the number one biggest thing that I value. I'm very, um, I protect myself quite a bit from the outside, so to speak. Family is the, the family is where I put all my time and effort into it. And knowing that I may lose them, that's what I'm that's going in my head. I, I may have just lost my kids, my family. I don't know what's going to happen, and, um, but I can't. So when she comes back though and says, okay, I'm ready, start telling me stuff. What well, did you think then? I didn't want, well, I thought the only way that I know that she's going to know and believe it and not say that I was just trying to convince her um, or whatever it would be that I may say that mm -hmm. temporarily led her in a certain direction. I didn't want that to happen. I wanted to make sure that it was done through sources that um, I found that are as credible as they can be and as least biased as possible. So again, she talked about the emotional side. I'm the more on the logical side, um, but that was that's what was going through my head. Okay, here's the opportunity. I need to be very careful about what I have her read, and so I chose very carefully. What do you read first? What do you read second? And then, and then uh, on and on after that. So that's what's going on in my head, and still cross my fingers. But yeah, your well, faith was torn down through the history, and you're giving her Mormon history things to tear down her faith. Correct. Yes. Not necessarily Christian materials. Uh, no, not, not had any gone. Well, I had taken her. We had been, I we had started going to a Christian church every, was it every other week or something like that? 
something like that. She started listening to started listening to some Christian authors like uh, Chip Ingram, mm. and I'm not sure who else. Uh, but um, so I've been slowly over a period of time actually trying to prepare her uh, for things. So that's kind of that was my thought process. I was in for the long haul, the long game. So it was very calculated. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds very wise. You knew your wife. You knew if she was going to be convinced, she was going to have to convince herself. It couldn't be you forcing it on her. Right. So praise and God. And that's I mean, true with that. everyone, right? Who right. goes through the transition. It's a very personal thing and you have to figure it out on your own and people can feed you materials. Right. But yeah, it's yeah. a personal journey. And everybody's got to make it their own way in their own timing. And I wish I could say it was just hunky-dory afterwards, but um, <laughs> it wasn't. And I think that it's probably, if we get anything of this podcast, we, we talk, uh, we're going to be, I want to be pretty open and just talk about the difficulties and the hell we've actually gone through in order to get to where we are right now. I mean, there were multiple times as we've evolved and changed and, um, the more that we've left Mormonism and embraced Christianity, the more our differences uh, manifested. Uh, and so we couldn't hide behind, oh, you're the priest of leader, or we can't hide behind, um, you know, the things that we could in Mormonism before. Now we were having to face the true differences of our personalities that we never really had to do before. You've just limb. hit on something that to me was day and night between the old life and the new life. And that's authenticity. I found in the Christian faith, yes. authenticity yeah. and a place where I could recognize my own craziness and weaknesses, lay it on the table, articulate it, and then somehow heal from it and get beyond it, right? Something we never did in Mormonism. You took any weaknesses and hid them under the table behind your back. You, know? you got the work. Yeah. You got it, right? <laughs> Put your shoulder to the yeah. wheel. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, so I was going to say, so authenticity can kind of be a double-edged sword. Mm. On the one hand, it's very freeing, but on the other hand, it starts to expose things that now, like you said, so can you give us maybe an example of, yeah. of one area in your relationship where you really had to work through it and, and God met you in, you know, really clear ways? Do you have like six hours? <laughs> yeah, maybe more <laughs> Um, uh, imagine the complete opposites of each other and then put them together and that's us so um and we've everything from now this isn't necessarily a christian thing but now it's how do i deal with her emotional side how does she deal with my lack of emotion uh <laughs> yes. how does you know she called me calls me spock a lot i joke around and things but i'm <laughs> I'm pretty much even kill um, most of the time. I don't have a lot. Of, I don't really have ups. I really don't have downs. I'm just kind of there. Yep. Um, so, and that's really difficult for her. And it's hard for her to read because if I, for me, I don't communicate enough, um, express my inner feelings. And that's extremely important to her. Whereas before we could hide in the gospel and other things, we couldn't do that in Christianity because it's a completely 
it's completely different. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing when you embrace it, but now it's no longer, if I work hard enough or I do everything I'm supposed to do, you know, I, I'm blessed and I'll achieve the highest degree of glory in the celestial kingdom. It's the more you get into Christianity and you accept it, the more you realize that you're a turd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and life's tough, right? Yes. Life is, life is hard. Well, our pastor of so many years was fond of saying there are three stages to the Christian life, easy, hard, and impossible. Yeah. And the quicker you make it to the impossible stage and realize I can't pull this off. I need, uh, I need an ocean of grace to float (laughs) this boat Mm -hmm. is actually the day you start being able to live a life in the spirit and you go, yeah, I'm, I'm a mess. You're a mess. And hopefully love's going to cover a multitude of sins. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, uh, doesn't always <laughs> so you are loved but love of god does yes so, yeah which i think is what you meant but uh yeah so for us it was i mean it we we got to the impossible i mean it took it, it took a few years but it got to the point where we couldn't stand being around each other i mean honestly mm-hmm. um i love you but i really don't like you and i just assume you weren't here yeah mm-hmm. yeah what do we have in common anymore now that the mormon church is gone Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's, well, yeah. And for me, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, if I paint my husband as a, the good guy, it's because that's how I perceive him. He has loved me so patiently and so well and been so loyal as we've gone through this um, hell of a journey. But I, it, it didn't come up in, in the podcast that we just did where I told my story. But as part of this whole mess of transition and, and those, the, those really tense conflict years before uh, I decided for myself that Mormonism wasn't true, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and it uh, remained unmanaged for about four years, three, wow. three or four years after the diagnosis. And so I have significant disability. I have significant disease progression with them as I'm okay now I've been stable for about three years but um wow so you had transition (laughs) and figuring out your own personal journey and then redefining your marriage and then dealing with the chronic illness and and all what the complexities that that brings in not just for my life and dealing with with the disease, um, but what that means to our family, what that means to our finances, it the implications are far reaching for our children as well as for us. And so, um, yeah, we've been at that impossible place for some time. I think me longer than him, because he just is a strong, strong person and I am not so there is comfort though in in the christianity or the jesus that you came to was there any times when that was what you clung to that's the only reason why i'm i feel like i'm still alive there were times when not just being dramatic i i I could have been a statistic yeah Wow. And um, I, I, anybody who's listening to this, who, who has, who has found 
some relationship with their savior and with heavenly father in the Mormon church, that won't go away. The, 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 the Jesus that awaits outside of Mormonism is everything you could ever hope and dream for. And different from the and Jesus you came from? In every good and beautiful way that. So can you not... articulate that? Because I would say the folks that leave Mormonism that come to this place find a depth of healing that other folks don't find after Mormonism. I will speak for, for where I am right now. And it has been a long journey. We left in January of 2014 officially. Uh, that's when I requested to have my name removed from the records of the LDS church. And so that's, it's been over seven years, seven and a half years uh, since that happened. But so for me, it has, it has been a process of, of learning to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. The promises that, that our creator, those promises that he made, that they really are true, that I don't have to work that my worth is not based on my output. It has been a gradual process. And for right now, I will be really honest. I, um, it is well with my soul, but daily life is hard. It, it's hard for me with the MS. It's an unrelenting challenge. And I'm just having to learn in a very real way to live in the moment and to keep reminding myself that I have a creator that keeps his promises. And the more I stop thinking about what the world might think of me or what the bank account might say, or, you know, even how I feel physically at the moment um, and, and just keep turning, literally turning, turning my thoughts, being aware of my thoughts and turning them to the truths that I have found in the Bible and as I put them to, to the test in real life, found them to be true. Um, that's what gets me through every day. That's why we're still, we're still married and, yeah. and growing and still journeying together is because ultimately um, we just have to keep coming back to the truth. And truth is, truth isn't an organization. It's a person and his name is Jesus. Mm. And I was going to say, so are there one or two truths that have become favorites, promises that are kind of your default go-to? Mm, Romans 8, 28. will work <laughs> all things for good. And I can't think of, I mean, I could rattle off some scriptures, but the the whole message of the Bible that God promises to provide and the grace that it's not based, it's not based on our worth um, that he is committed to his creation. He always has been, even when we rebel against him and we don't want him to be part of our life. He's committed to see creation in macro and micro in each individual life. He's committed to see that through to a place of wholeness as much as we will allow him. Yeah. So Charles, your as you listen to Marae and as you've watched her struggle, I'm guessing your struggle 
is different with God and with what you guys have gone through. So how has Jesus met you? Where has he taken you just in terms of your thought processes, how you think and process life rationally now? I would say probably the biggest thing, and it'll probably shock people, but to me, knowing that God is God, regardless of what happens, is the most wonderful thing for me because I see all the bad in the world. I see all of the, 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 um, now, how can there be a God if, you know, type of, of questions or yeah. this world. Mm-hmm. And I, I struggle with that with certain people would be, um, are blessed and others that aren't same types of people, just different situations and, and, uh, having the message before that it was, you know, if you do what you're supposed to, you're going to be blessed. And, uh, to me, it's, it's, um, it's very assuring and, um, puts myself at peace knowing, it's not about this life and it's not about what happens to me here in the physical world. It's about um, where I'm going and what his message was all about. It's, it's not about whether my, my child was, was killed or that uh, someone was, was raped or that. And um, so God must've been punishing them, uh, which that happens even in, you know, sometimes in certain Christian circles, uh, I hear people will, um, will attribute, you know, uh, someone does something, they deserve it. Uh, yeah. and that's not the case. So for me, it's the fact that it's regardless of anything that happens in this world, he has, this is just a short period of time. It's what's happening afterwards. To me, that has probably been the, the biggest message, being able to see it and accept it. And, uh, uh, the, the message of the Bible for me. Wow. And that's, that's an amazing switch from what the performance-based culture of Mormonism both commands and demands and expects of people. Um, yeah. Well, the wonderful yeah. thing about Christianity, you don't have to control it, right? Yeah. Right. You can give it, you can give it to God and um, pray and trust, right? <laughs> Whereas definitely in Mormonism, I thought it was all up to me for sure yeah well it, it, it certainly that's the message you get there were times when as a mom especially uh, even before charles really really started questioning uh you know i was the one who was all in as the mother in zion and sometimes it just felt like i was trying to drag <laughs> everybody to the celestial kingdom on my back yeah <laughs> I know. Oh, so it, sure. it has, that's been a wonderful uh, burden to be released from and, mm-hmm. and to be able now to give myself, I know it sounds weird, but to have the permission to still love, love yes. unconditionally, accept unconditionally my yeah. children, even when they don't believe. Yeah. That and to I offer believe. other people the grace, right, yeah. that you've been given. It's just this wonderful, mercy-filled, grace-filled, forgiveness kind of way to live. It is. But well, we are very close. Yeah. So we're, we're oh. a tight family. And I think in the end, things will turn out the way the way that they should. Yeah, we're, we're authentic with our kids, too. There's, um, and 
know, we try to, at least for me, at least, I try to share with them as much as they will let me. Yeah. What Jesus has done for me and what it has meant for me to, to be on my journey to figure out what the Bible actually says, not what religion tells me it says or, or but what that's been the, the biggest part of my healing is, is having my whole worldview healed by coming to understand what the Bible is actually mm. saying, not what, wow. not philosophies of men, not what men have made up, but what does the Bible actually say? It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Anybody who could really hear the, the whole story of the Bible and what the Bible is telling us about what our Creator has done and what, what He's done through Jesus, what He's up to right now, if people, I'm convinced if people could hear that without the obstructions of betrayal and religion and twisted philosophies, and if they could just hear it for what it is, who wouldn't, who wouldn't rejoice mm. that we have that kind of Creator that that loves us so much. Well, perfect ending. Yeah, I say that's the best way to end. Um, Wow, Charles Murray, thank you so much for sharing your stories, for being Mm. so candid and even raw and authentic and for letting the grace of Christ shine through. Um, Yeah, you've encouraged. You have no idea what a blessing it is to us to see folks come to the other side and find find peace right and find grace and to know the journey is not over for any of us i mean we're still all in process the christian life is a process and so thank you guys for um showing what it's like to be in the middle of the process and continue to love jesus and experience him in deeper and more intimate ways thank you grace and peace until next time joel so long Thanks so much for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. You can find show notes and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. We have an exciting announcement. Michael Wilder's new book, Passport to Heaven, is out, and for a donation of $20 or more to the podcast, we'll send it to you. It's the true story of a zealous Mormon missionary who discovers the Jesus he never knew. Just go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the Micah's Book button to get yours. We appreciate your support of the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.